That mm. is our greatest asset Africa can ever uh, tap into. So we work uh, hard, and our and our own uh, members of the uh, mm. diaspora. Dr. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Mokalemi. I've been talking to you in ages, Dr. Patrick. I've been yes. talking to you in ages, in ages, yes. forever. <laughs> I've been, well, you I've know, been gone well, you in the know, sunshine. <laughs> well, you know what we have to do is we have to heat up the water cooler so you can be warm out there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, Noah, good morning, Noah. How is uh, Indiana over there? Are you affected with our weather from here? Yeah, so far I think it's been raining since last night. We are somewhere in the 30s. It looks like oh, it's in the 30s for the rest of the day. Yeah, and yeah. It's most just raining. At least no snow. So at least that's a good thing. No snow. Okay. No rain. I'm, I'm sure. For, for us here, uh, when snow falls in November, you wait for rain. Uh, this year, probably in March, April. That's when we. Uh, that's where we roll. No rain in between. So that's why our winters are brutal. But I am about to say, good morning. Good morning, Wachari. My colleague, Ah, that's why I call him. According to Dr. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Uh, 11th January is my birthday, says um, uh, Dr. Kalonde. Uh, so happy birthday, uh, Dr. Kalonde. Uh, if you came on radio, probably we will sing Happy Birthday for, for you. Uh, so that is a shout out to uh, Dr. Kalonde. Happy Birthday, Azea. Um, I wonder how the temperature is in, uh, in the east side uh, over there in Ontario. Um, Dr. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Roger. Um, good morning, yeah, yeah, everyone. yeah. Yeah, the weather is, uh, like uh, Noah said, it's raining, but very okay. warm, uh, plus nine. Uh, all the okay. snow is melted, it's all green now, so so you know how it is when you've been heating your house and suddenly it's so warm, so I've had to open all the doors to allow the <laughs> cooler air to come in. Okay. Myself a little more comfortable. So yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, but I think we're expecting some freezing rain uh, maybe tomorrow. It could be bad. So. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I know. I've been reporting in the prairies. We're expecting mm. minus twenties. Actually, there is a day it should be around minus thirty-eight. Uh, some yes. of these days coming up. Uh, so anyway, yeah. welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. Two eight one. This is uh, Madam Clotilda. In Houston, Miss Crotchet, how are you, my dear? Good morning. How is everyone doing? Everyone is doing well. Are you warm where you are in Texas, or are you ready? I am home. You, I am are home. Are you cold as, as me in the prairies? <laughs> we kind of like springtime right now. Oh, springtime! Oh, wonderful. Yeah. wonderful. Good, very I, good I, weather. Yeah. Well, on top of the hour today, uh, last week here I had to do one hour. And my show didn't make any sense at all because it was one hour for some reason. So uh, I'll try, I'll go back to what we are used to. 
Africa is fighting back. Uh, that is on top of the hour. Africa is fighting back. We've seen some trends, some trends. Eight African nations, uh, they've, they, 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 they've withdrawn their cash reserves from France, and now they are putting that money into uh, the Reserve Bank of Senegal. Uh, the, uh, and the whole workings of uh, ECOWAS. Why are they so strong uh, compared with what we, uh, our study? What, what's going on over there? Ghana and Ivory Coast, they agreed to set up the cocoa price, the, the, the floor price. Um, it was amazing, Nathan, uh, to look at mm. the uh, statistics, statistics, cocoa statistics, 100 million industries. Cocoa is a hundred billion, hundred billion industry, and yet the two countries only get two percent, two percent of hundred billion, and the rest goes to the merchants, the whoever pushes the paper and whoever does what. Yeah. So we uh, uh, now Ghana and Ivory Coast finally put a foot uh, on the on the ground and said, no, we are the only producers or, or the world producers. We can control the price. And they put their foot down. I like the Ghanaian mm -hmm. president and the young man uh, in, in Ivory Coast. Things are, are happening. We will look at uh, that. How did our friends do it? Can Zambia, we are asking this morning, can Zambia and probably Congo unite and start to have a say on the pricing of their commodities like uh, uh, cobalt? Uh, Congo is the largest producer, 90% Nathan, they produce in the world. Congo produces 90% of cobalt, and yet they don't have a say on the on the, on the price. So we'll talk about mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. Uh, other movements we we are making next on the agenda. We've seen what the second hand uh, second hand clothing industry has done to our industries in Africa. Can we? Tackle that one. Oh, do we have too much to talk about? <laughs> then last but not the least, Brexit. We also need our own Brexit, the Africa Metal Exchange. All the metals are exchanged in London where there are no mines. When will Africa, where the uh, three quarters of the, 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 the minerals come from, have a say? So that is on top of the hour. Not to miss. Uh, very interesting discussion. I've got a lot of things I've dug out there. But, but as always, uh, ladies, uh, visit around. Um, before I go on, I like to, uh, excuse me, to open up and uh, hear probably what people have to say and what is uh, on their mind. Sister Clotilda, what is on your mind? Uh, nothing really right now. Okay. I, I, I'm sure there is, but I know what you mean. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody? Anybody? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I I have something. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, dear doc. Yeah, I'm just wondering, could the message that uh, the ambassador Chibokori Kwao has been uh, pounding or has been consistent with about France? And all that could that have been the trigger for oh, suddenly yes. you know, the West African countries waking oh, up yes. to the reality? Uh, so oh, if yes. it is true, then it just shows what one voice or few voices can do. Because often people mm -hmm. say, "Oh, 
Her Facebook, Mkamba Kamba Chabe, stop talking your youth. But sometimes the message, once it comes, goes out there, people begin to think. So let's not underplay the power of speech. And that's why a lot of dictators try to suppress freedom of speech, because they know that in speaking, since God endows us with brains, we, we take in what is said, we process it, and uh, then it turns into action. Um, I remember I posted a, 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 a statement by somebody who said the revolution uh, starts as an idea, and, and it's just yes. an idea put into action. And yes. so, yes. so yeah, so I think uh, I'm, I'm impressed that uh, one lone voice uh, took an opportunity to pound that message, and yes. uh, she got a rebuttal, got fired, but in the end she has achieved the purpose. And uh, I, I don't like want that. to over put her on a pedestal because she's only human. She's got thoughts like the rest of us. But but at least we yeah. should credit her for for that. And I think we should take it as a, a lift, uh, take it up as an example of what can happen. Yes. Anyway, just want to make that point. Mm. Mm. That's a powerful point, mm. uh, uh, Dr. Kajira. That's a, a very very uh, mm. uh, powerful point because we know the struggles our friends in West Africa they've gone through uh, as far as uh, uh, this French relationship uh, is concerned. Uh, yeah. Man, when you hear uh, uh, YouTube videos by, doc, uh, by Dr. Alcana, uh, man, the things she explains. Some countries, what they went through, uh, France had to do to them if they tried to move away from France. Mm-hmm. Man, they will pour cement, Nathan, cement into the sewer lines. The French, yeah, I know. To any country who wanted to, to step away. Yeah. My, so, my comment. <clears throat> Go ahead, Dr. Yeah, Go ahead. Okay. My comment has to do with the. Um, the brothers that were just on and Nathan's, pro, uh, Nathan's program yes, earlier, yes, the yes, fire engine yes. experts, and mm-hmm. it has to do with their, their technical report. And hopefully they're listening, but if not, we can get the message to them. Is what we want, to, um, what we would like to see in the technical report. That, and, and I've heard it throughout the program uh, and their comments. But just as a, um, a gentle reminder is that the report must be uh, diplomatic, must be very complimentary of the Zambia Fire Brigade and the sister cities, and any criticism that may be found, it must be constructive. You may mm. criticize a certain thing, but you must say how it can be corrected. But um, that's, that's what we have to do. We have to put... Solve on on the the process of moving forward. So that first technical report is so so important with moving ahead and moving along. We have to develop a good working partnership and a friendship so that everybody engaged will be wanting to continue this dialogue and partnership. Uh-huh. It's true, Dr. Patrick uh, uh, Roger. Like I said uh, on the show that. Uh, those two gentlemen raised some very critical issues. And like we've always said, we've had the philosophy on this forum in our own small way. Uh, we're going to take up the challenge, Dr. Patrick, of uh, civic education to the community. 
how to respond in an emergency situation. I mean, they've already written an email here. Oh my goodness, they they just they're just very appreciative about the relationship with us and uh, uh, giving them the opportunity to do that. However, Roger, what is on my mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know Clotilda is going to like this one. Uh, I'm sure everybody has seen the video clip circulating about the flooding in Osaka after it rained, okay? You all saw those videos? Yeah. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So here's what was going through my mind, Dr. Gajira, Dr. Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) I I was saying to myself, and I restrained myself. I really restrained Mm -hmm. myself from saying a lot of things Mm -hmm. on Facebook. At times I just Mm -hmm. do it and I let it go. I said to myself, Dr. Kajira, I said, if anybody from the diaspora comments on this, they are going to say that diaspora, you talk too much. So I'm saying to myself, you are bragging about development. I don't don't want, you have, like like the firemen who were with us, they said, at times you don't want to go political, but things have to go political. I'm saying to myself, Claudia, you're bragging about the development this government has brought. To me, that's a very basic human necessity where you deal. It cannot rain and it floods like that. That's unacceptable. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I mean, Roger, I'm just saying, it can't rain and it floods like that on the major roads greatest road for that matter. I think it basically flooded the whole Osaka. So and I'm it's, not myself, like it is, uh, it's not expected. You know, that has been there for years. That is not so, a, new, new, a new thing, Nathan. For years and you years. See, that, that's why I'm saying, Clotilde here, Dr. Patrick, everybody likes what I'm saying. If anyone of us, I don't know if anyone of us commented, they were going to say that diaspora, you talk too much. I'm saying to myself, come on, that's a basic, that's a basic responsibility of the city leadership to take care of that. It shouldn't be flooding this time in the lifespan of Zambia, in the capital city, okay? If it floods in one suburb, I will understand and say, okay, it's a small town, it's out there, nobody cares about it. Amen, no, Roger. That was an that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's what's on my mind. <laughs> that is what is on uh, his mind. Ro- Roger, Roger, can I? Yes, go ahead, my my uh, Musaka Times reported the president long press holiday to attend the East Province system, and uh, just uh, with the uh, guest we have, we have morning. The way they talk about uh, when there's an emergency, politics aside, sacrifice. Okay, you're, you're breaking a little bit, but I mean that is connected, oh, okay. Ryama, to what Nathan is Can, is saying here. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, our president will break his uh, his vacation okay. to go and attend that emergency. The question is, no, what is but, he going but, to do about it? Uh, Our our friends would have an emergency. Uh, Noah here pointed out to FEMA. We also what happened after FEMA. uh, They had to take correction measures. uh, uh, Measures. Uh, They learned from what happened. They improved on it. Roger. 
go ahead. Roger, can you hear me? But the trouble I'm saying is that like, when, okay, the flood did happen, but when the president went there, <laughs> help, help, you know, give give whatever you want. To. But the way they, they, they went about it, they say it distributed blankets, mattresses, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 call uh, Corinne, I think that was, that that was, you know. I mean, if anybody is not troubled, that's okay. But for me, that's a very troubling uh, situation compared to the guys who just came. Uh, the way the, the the program this morning we had for 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 our president to be looking at the, the, that situation. I mean, it's re- I'm commenting on something that is on on the news. You know, but if anybody is not troubled, that that's good. At least those guys who came in this morning, they confirm how my thinking is about when we go to an in, in a, an emergency. You know, because for me, what's troubling from that thing I read from the the uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the the thing, it's almost giving the credit to the president, like look what he's doing. You know, I mean, well, of course he's, we appreciate him going there, but at the end of that article. Me for me troubled and uh, the, uh, like and it's not like I want to be uh, like I don't care about my people or you know I grew up in Zambia and I when we had problems when I was a kid uh, we came to rescue and I'll share with this program that our team sometimes you know people they rescue their lives to save us you know but with this administration the way things are going for. That's what is what's in, what that's what is in my mind. Thank you for that. That is on your mind. I like that. <laughs> I like this segment. I like that segment. What is on my what is on my mind. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh Doctor Doctor Mosanje, good morning. Okay. Hi, good morning, Roger. I'm just listening. I was on mute. Okay, that's okay. Uh, but if you have anything uh, on on your mind, uh, let let it go uh, before the the train leaves the the station. Um, yeah. Doctor Kajira and I here in Canada, we lost quite a bit of uh, a number of people uh, as we look at uh, some foreign news um, in Iran. Uh, that uh, the Iranians they hit their own uh, they, they hit the Ukrainian plane. And uh, here in Canada, we lost Dr. Kajira. I don't know if it's 63 or 76 of Iranian Americans uh, who have died. Um, <clears throat> I bring this uh, story. I was listening to the news yesterday. To the why war, war, nothing is bad, and everyone here, you know. Uh, here are two. I don't know if we can call them giants. Uh, America and uh, Iran. They are fighting, but see how many people have left, have lost their their lives. One hundred and seventy-six people have perished because two people are setting up uh, each, each other. Uh, so, well, this is why I think we should, uh, like Dr. Kajira was saying, um, maybe it can only be one voice, but we should all be standing up. This is why wars are bad. The the unintended consequences, they are just too obvious. They are always there. Yeah, they are just too, too, too much. So Canada, we have lost quite a number of people, uh, 63 from one country. That is uh, uh, too much. Uh, the Canadian government is asking for answers from Iran, and I'm sure Iran is dilly The good thing is they have accepted. 
they have said yes, we hit that um, uh, that plane, um, an intentional uh, missile hit it. So uh, that has been, um, yeah, that has been a, a, point, a good thing. Yeah, <clears throat> Roger. My my point on that is, first of all, if you look at the, they released the ages of the majority of, of the people on, on the flight. And it was yeah. amazing how young uh, the, 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 the people died were, you know. It was youth, students, and so on. It lost a lot of people that would have made a difference to the world. Now, my point is Iran. On, if I can look at Iran, Iran, you, you, you're supposed to have a pretty good army, pretty good, well uh, uh, well-equipped army. How do you fire a missile at a plane that's actually coming from your your your, your own territory? And it didn't even go far. It was like ten <laughs> minutes. If you look, track the plane, they just taken off, and it was hardly maybe that hit twenty-four thousand feet, or I don't know the, the exact number. But at that point, they shot so. I'm just wondering, what kind of radar system do you own? And, and uh, it just shows that uh, they, they talk big and they think we can fight the U.S., but it's clearly they, either their technology is faulty or there's something wrong. It, it shows poorly about how uh, it, it really shows that they're not, they're not a good um, army, first of all, if they can do something like that. Now, if it was intentional because they wanted to hit back, then uh, I think something's got to be done about that. But um, we'll, we'll wait and see. It's still an evolving story. But it was so sad how many people have been lost needlessly in, in that situation. Yeah, I think so. Just to add on, Dr. Kansiwa, I think the, un- <coughs> the unfortunate consequences of war I think it has nothing to do with the type of equipment and machinery that the Iranian have. It has to do with just a simple error, because I think the same happened with the U.S. when they shot the, the I mean, the 290 people on board. Because I think what I know about war is that whenever there is a response like that, there is a control system or area where people sit by the council, and then they simply press buttons, they connect this and that. So I think it's very possible that they just errored, not necessarily that I think it has anything to do with the the, the machinery. I, Iran itself, of course, I mean, they are, I was actually checking up on matching up the U.S. versus Iran. Of course, U.S. has got uh, much uh, in terms of the... Uh, the weaponry, but also Iran is not very far from the U.S. The U.S. military is so stretched thin, but the, the Iranian they are mainly concentrated in the, the in the Middle East, which is supposed to be correctly called Western Europe. But I think to what happened, I think it's just a human error, and I'm happy that the Iranians they have owned up for the mistake. So I wouldn't really question their machinery. They are very, very equipped people. Thank you. I, I beg to differ that. Um, I mean, we can't conclude that it's human error. I think, I think that's what they're putting out. Uh, but yeah. let's wait and, and hear. We want to hear the, uh, 
what happened black box okay now that they've admitted that it was shot uh, they need to do a, a, an intensive um, uh, investigation on what kind of human error was that because if you look at how many planes were flying that day they were it was very sparse and, and in a war situation there should be a control tower indicating what plane is taking off what's coming in what's going out because if you're going to be shooting anyhow then you shoot you down your own planes too. So yeah. I feel, Noah, we shouldn't just uh, ignore uh, that and say human error. I think, I think uh, let's wait. Let's hear the investigation. Let's find out what exactly happened. But to me, it just speaks of uh, some really basic um, uh, issue here, which may be, have to do with uh, technology or human error or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I think it, uh, it it raises questions. That's what I'm saying. It raises questions. Dr. Kalonde, you want to say something here? <clears throat> Hi, everyone. Uh, Hello, Dr. Kalonde. How are you? You're all there. Sean, you're mindful. We know Mr. Kalamba. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And a happy birthday. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just cooking for my birthday for people who are coming to my house. Yeah. Okay. Now, here is, here is an issue on the on the plane, actually. There is enough fault to go around with everybody. Yeah, we know that uh, basically uh, there was a greater mistake from the Iranian side. But uh, there was another greater mistake from the airport operation system. For them to have allowed a plane to take off at that time, mm-hmm. When, yeah, that's right. when things are happening like that. Then also, we go to the Ukrainian airline. The Ukrainian airline, the company, the mother company at the headquarters, should have ordered that plane to stay on ground, mm-hmm. knowing what was taking place in Iran. So there is enough mm-hmm. plane to share this one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, with my small experience, like Noah, uh, with emergency preparedness, which I was trained in because of working at the airport, that was a mistake, a huge mistake from the airline and also from the the airport operation system. They shouldn't have given green light for that plane to take off at that time. Okay. Uh, I think the bottom line, we, we all agree, the consequences of, of war. No matter how careful you are going to, uh, to be, uh, no matter how well you are prepared. The consequences are just too obvious. Uh, people, uh, collateral damage, they call it, is just too obvious, in my view. Um, this is why we should, at all costs, we should say no to war. To war. At all costs, we should say no to, to, to war. All right. <clears throat> uh, we, we go forward. Uh, a report from... Um, on top of the hour, I'm sorry, on top of the hour, Africa is fighting back. So we have a very interesting discussion coming up. Uh, so maybe we can push our own Zambia uh, to start talking to uh, Congo um, as far as Cobot is concerned. Because I saw it, uh, Dr. Kajira, there, as you saw it, uh, Brother HH is talking about uh, uh, investors who want to come and build their plants uh, to do lithium mm-hmm. batteries uh, in, in Zambia. So... It's time we started getting prepared in our in our minds. 
before before we do that, uh, we go on. A report from those who are following stories from Angola. Uh, Isabel dos Santos. Those who know Isabel, Isabel is like who? Wagalondi. Is like our Dasila in Zambia. She's a billionaire, uh, but she says, uh, "I am a self-made billionaire." And um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a self-made billionaire. Uh, she says this uh, because uh, assets are being seized uh, by the current government in Angola. In, in Angola, uh, they are uh, freezing some of uh, assets. Uh, the new guy who has come in is fighting corruption like crazy. He's from the same party like uh, his father was, um, but he, he flipped like Manawasa did, and uh, <laughs> they have uh, seized a lot of um, Isabel dos Santos' uh, assets. Uh, so she says uh, uh, she's a self-made billionaire. Uh, her father just happened to be the Angolan president. Uh, it had to do oh, wow. nothing to her. Yeah. But anyway, the, the big lesson from here, it is exactly what is happening in our own uh, country. Uh, the first daughter, uh, Tasira, if you go to Zambia, uh, nothing, people pointing at her uh, assets. Uh, this shopping mall coming up is for Tasira. This is for Tasira. This is, really? it is uh, yeah, it is crazy. It is, uh, it, is, it is crazy. But you would think... Uh, all these stories will have an effect to people uh, when they govern. Uh, they will think about uh, the people in the in the country. Yeah. So is that it, is. is um, that? Yeah. Go ahead. That's why I. That's why I tell people that uh, me I cannot be pre- I cannot become president. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Why right. I can't? Because. Out the, oh my goodness! Hey, we want people <laughs> like you, Kaidi. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, at a self-made self-made billionaire. My father just happened to be president. Okay, you remember very well. Everybody here, like on the doctor, everybody. You all remember. You know one thing. I remember growing. You remember the what was the what did you call it? One time, I bought a, you know, like the uh, the government used to sell Parastatos government. They used to sell vehicles, auction vehicles away. You remember that? They used to do that, like vehicles yes. which have been they've been in a parking lot for a long time on bricks and they don't operate. They don't. So I had inform a friend of mine gave me information about a vehicle. Even if it was sitting on bricks, it was all you needed to do is put on wheels and it will start moving. I borrowed money from my sister. She used to work at Zanaco. Now, when I went to ZRA, before it was ZRA, that was before uh, 1991 and the change that came. When I went to change the blue book, Dr. Kalonde, from that government to my name, the funds I was feeling. There was a question on that document. You will remember this if you did anything during those days. What was the source of this, of this, the money you bought this car from? What was your source? The reason I'm bringing that point back is that I think we need to go back to that, to that, to that situation. People need to declare where they're getting money to do these things. 
Yes. I just yes. bought a car on auction, Dr. Kajila, and they are asking me to explain what my source of money was. I told them I bought it at an auction. It's a cheap thing. They said, where did you get the money from? Good. That's why it should be. So, Kachasila so has got all these properties. Where did the money come from? That's a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isabel Dos Santos, uh, uh, she was a, a board chairman of all these oil companies, in this oil company oh, no. was a board uh, whatever, board whatever and uh, uh, yeah, they are African yeah. people they want to behave like we are all, I don't know, stupid I don't know Roger, on the same on this is Daniel Chisewe, uh, on the same uh, mm-hmm. thing, uh, you forgot to mention the, that uh, actually she's uh, half Russian and uh, uh, one of the business partners, I think it's a ham dealer from Russia, and one of them is uh, the big diamond uh, company, the Israeli, the Israeli uh, uh, company, you know. When you read those kind of things, and uh, the thing that for me I'm scared about Africa is people, they have access to news, and they see how uh, people are so poor, and, uh, you know, a friend of mine just sent me some images from Chingola and uh, see that uh, the, in, in the town where they, they uh, ride it, you know, uh, the store uh, things and stuff like that. And if you look at the ham dealer in Russia, the guy is very rich. And the guy in Israel is rich. And you go to Angola and you see how poor people are. Instead of saying, man, I can't do this business because the money is not going to go to the people. So I'm real scared for Africa. For, for, I'm real scared for, because they, they have seen the images that come out of that country. Every time they're seeing the images, and no one wants to do something about it. And when someone speaks about it, you say you want to bring Western uh, 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 things to, our, to, 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 to our, our, our place, you know. Every, every time someone wants to speak for the poor, Oh, you are bringing us, you know. So I'm real scared for Africa, man. I'm real. That's a good point. It's kind of sometimes Um, you want to find your head. That's a a very good uh, point. Uh, But, you know, uh, these are criminals, so to say. They don't care uh, who who suffers along the way. They they, they don't care. But that, that's a good uh, point you, you bring there. With, with Internet, I can sit here, you and I, we can sit here and go through everything. And someone from nowhere just got rich. No one can do anything about it. The one you, you know, and the, you guys were talking earlier about uh, the, the Canadians and stuff like that. Only governments like Canada, there are people died. And they tell us, Iranian, you're not going to get away with it. Our people died in that plane. And this is what, what we and we 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 have we have very smart people in Zambia. We know science. We, the guys that were just talking about physics, what what you know, and we have all this information, you know. But uh, oh man, let me not get emotional. <laughs> okay, let's go. You, you, you go on. Yeah, Doctor Patrick. Uh, let me check if if, 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 if you are still with us. Are you there, Doctor Patrick? Yes, yes, I am. Dr. Patrick, I, I visited uh, a slaughterhouse uh, in, uh, in Zambia where they slaughter 
uh, goats and, and, and pigs. <clears throat> the first question I want to ask people here, uh, I, I've heard about this term, hala, hala treatment of, uh, I don't know if it's hala treatment, but it's the, the Muslim way of... Halal. Uh, is it halal? Halal, yeah. Halal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows something about that? <laughs> who knows something about that? Nathan, <laughs> tell us who knows something about that. Halal, halal. I like that. Uh, who you, knows something I about think that? It, you, you need to kill the animal in a certain way. I think it's got to do with the blood dripping. Mm. I, I'm not mm. very sure. You have to kill the animal in a certain way. Not not the way we just kill it, Papa and you. The blood has to <laughs> the blood has to drip. You have to sort of in a way drain or drip all the blood from the animal. Something like that. Somebody knows better maybe than I do. It's uh, the way they kill the animal. Yeah. No no no, did you want yeah, to say something about that? Yeah. Oh, Doctor yeah, Gazila. Go ahead. <laughs> I love food. I it was yeah, something in the lines of what um, what, what, what uh, uh, my brother has just said, Nathan. Um, so it's it's actually according to the Islamic law, uh, the way you slaughter animals or poultry, um, they they have to cut through the jugula, the jugular vein, uh, uh, or the carotid artery or the windpipe. Um, and then sort of uh, uh, allow the blood to drain from the carcass before mm-hmm. it can be considered uh, edible. So it, yeah. it's, it's actually, yeah, just the, the manner of, of killing the animal. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Dr. Kashira, you'd be surprised. Uh, I think when we have time, uh, this is one thing, I don't know, Christians and Muslims uh, are the same. Uh, we don't uh, want to venture into other people's uh, religion. Uh, but you go on YouTube. Uh, this guy is explaining, Dr. Patrick, uh, how is the treatment of animals. God gave us the animals for us to enjoy, he says. Uh, these animals should never be mistreated. Treat them well. Uh, and when you see him killing the, the, the goat, he, he puts the goat down while he's, he's praying, and the goat doesn't even move, not even a bit. You think this guy is praying for the goat? He doesn't. But overall, my point is the treatment of animals, the way we treat our animals, uh, which have been given to us by God uh, to, to feed on, uh, the chicken, uh, the way we treat our animals, uh, the goats. I bring this, Dr. Patrick. Um, my friend uh, Noel wants to say something. But I bring this, Dr. Patrick, I visited the abattoir where they kill uh, goats. Uh, mm. Removing a goat from the pen to give it to the customer or to give it to the, to the slaughter guy, they lift the goats using the ears, if you know what I mean. They lift it using the ears. They are not well laid. Um, uh, the, the Muslim halal... They, they, they will never take one animal from the pen to be killed because others will feel, will feel bad. So they'll take them maybe in sets of two so that, you, you know, they, they are taken, they, they are, I don't know if it's their spirits are taken care of, but they take care of the animals. That, that's the basic uh, thing. I, I talked to this other young man I saw uh, dragging a pig uh, by the two legs were up 
and the others were on the floor, and he was dragging the pig to the, to the pen. He put it in the pen, just lifted it up and threw it in the pen. I caught him. Uh, if you were to be treated like that, how would you feel? Or is it that as humans, we feel that um, animals don't have feelings? Is, is, is that your, your point? So the young man was just uh, laughing. My point again, Dr. Patrick, I don't know. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, this is probably one of those things. I don't know what we can do to help our people, uh, the surrounding, the slaughter place, Dr. Kajira. You being a doctor, once you visit Zambia, I say go to Chiwadia, visit the, the slaughterhouse. You are not going to be, to be, to be happy. Not going to be happy. Uh, Brother Noel, you want to say something? I wanted to say something about the goat. Uh, the, the, the treatment of the goat when, when you're killing it is a little different from, from all the other animals. Because, you know, sometimes when, you, when you're eating goat, they say it has a certain smell to it. But it is because of the blood. Especially the goat, when you kill the goat, you have to drain out all the blood before you start cooking it. Because of that smell that, that's mm. there. It's got something to do with the blood. And number two, mm. also, when you're killing the goat, you have to remove the testicles, if it's a male, also, before you start any other, any other procedures because of that same, of that same smell. And also, you know, that could be a, a delicacy to some people. So when it comes to a goat, I agree on how it is killed, how the blood is drained. It is so you don't have that smell that you smell sometimes when, you, when you're eating a goat. I don't know about the other animals, and yes, I agree with halal. That's how they do it. And also with halal, they pray for the meat. They just don't sell it. Before they cook it, yeah. anything, yeah. they pray. They pray for the meat yeah. as well. They pray. So I know halal, that's what happens. But with a goat, especially in, in, in Zambia, that's the reason why a goat is treated like that. Upside down, drain the blood so it does not have that distinctive smell when you're eating it. Yeah, just, just to add on, uh, I actually witnessed, one of my uncles actually back in the 90s we went to i grew up i mean my uncle grew up uh, my grandmother grew up in luangwa at the time it was called Ferra, so that they had some courts so my uncle i actually witnessed i was even the one handing the knife and all that so what i was told at an early age that the best way to kill a court is you literally unfortunately have to cut off the testicles and the whole unit itself if it's male, you you cut it off, and then that way the the meat won't smell or won't have a scent or something like that. So that's one thing about the I mean the killing of the goat. So it's sort of very graphic and all that. But I just yeah. wanted to make another point in the African setting on African way of life. If some of you have been fortunate enough to watch the the funny movie, the goat must be crazy. I forget which part it was, but when that guy was, I think, I think there was sort of like hunger in the village, and they were looking for uh, something to eat. 
So according to the African way of doing things, you literally, first of all, when you go hunting, you have to, when you see uh, the animal that you're about to kill, you have to explain to the spirit and explain to the animal why you're doing that. So I think there's a beautiful scene in The Gods Must Be Crazy. The the guy was actually the main actor in the movie. He saw this, I think it was an impala or something. So he started explaining that, oh, I'm sorry that I have to shoot you, or I mean I have to kill you. It's because my family and my village, they are, they, we don't have food. So he explained that, and then when he shot the bow and arrow, of course the animal didn't really fight or anything like that. So it's the co- same concept that the, the Islamic communities use when they call their, their halam. It's just like others have pointed out, you have to explain why you are doing certain things. And of course, I can point to my grandmother at the time when I was visiting in the Fera area in Nwangwa. There are certain things that they will say that, no, you have to feed Mizimu first, the spirits, those who have gone before us. <laughs> when you cook certain things, you pour a little something onto or into the ground so that those yeah. who have gone before, then at least the spirits, they are happy. Then you can share with whatever. Certain foods you prepare, certain way, give to the spirits, and that is actually a, something that I still believe to be true. So in, I, I, I won't take much of the time. I just want I, to I agree with you. Well, 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 Roger, I disagree with Is that Noah was just saying that? Uh, I disagree with him about that must be crazy. That's my secret. That movie is uh, <laughs> categorized as, as a comedy. I think so. And uh, when uh, the when the Bushman went to kill that, that it's not, it's it's comedy, you know. Otherwise, <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I think uh, you're, you're missing the point. The point is, it's a comedy, no, no, no. yes, but it's a comedy, yeah. true, but the idea of when you have to kill something which is has a soul or is a spirit which was created by God, you have to explain to it. I'm sorry I have to but, do this. Just the same thing I mentioned, like our grandparents, they will pour some spirits or make certain things that no, they're feeding their ancestors. It's something that has been passed on in the African way. And it's very practiced in the rural areas, not necessarily yeah. in the, I mean, the urban yeah. areas. So it may be in a movie as a scene, but that's yeah. an actuality. I'm confused. So, sorry, sorry to bust uh, Nathan until the, the white man introduced the, the Bible to us. You see things we used to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we, we we are just okay, you know. We we believe that the, we, we go and pray to the to the tree and the rains will come. You you know we had all those things, but then oh here is the here is the Bible, and then we threw away everything we we believe. You, you didn't again, to pray to the tree. Yeah, the mm. trees. We pray to the trees. We pray to the to the gods of the mountains, <laughs> the, the gods of the whatever, you know. But. Uh, uh, again, the, uh, the white man says no. You, you use the. Uh, I've got a book here. You are supposed to be. I don't know. I, I, yeah, so, so, sorry, Roger. <laughs> let, 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 let me come in again. Just yeah, I think earlier on you mentioned that the Africa is fighting back, and I've done a little bit of. Oh, we are going to do that on top of the hour. On top of the hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make looking, it, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll yeah. make my point then. Okay, all right then. Okay. Yeah, please, please uh, uh, write it down. But again, the point I was trying to make on the animal treatment, yeah. uh, w- yeah. when you see what is happening, uh, the goats, uh, the uh, I saw the uh, very thirsty pigs. Uh, you know, it's really, 
I think I've stayed too long, Dr. Patrick, in the in the diaspora. I, I think that's the thing. I, my heart was really, I wasn't very happy about what I, 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 was, uh, I, I was seeing. Anything I can do about it, I don't know. Um, the gods are being moved from Lusaka to Kasumbalesa. That is a long way. Uh, they are together with people in the same track. Uh, again, that, that was not nice to see. And when I, you hear it from these Alao guys, uh, these things have been given to us by God so that we can enjoy them. Uh, they, are not, they haven't been given to us that we mistreat uh, these animals, uh, but rather uh, we should, we sh we should I I enjoy them. We have a moment to go no. to Halau way of... Roger, you have a good... Uh, Halau way of um, uh, keeping animals. Uh, you, you'll, be, you, you'll be very happy to, uh, to see what our friends in the uh, Islamic society uh, do, the way they look after their animals. Yes, Roger. I mean, Roger, yeah, Roger it's, it's, it's not because you have played uh, for a long time. Now your concern is it's relevant. Uh, here in America, uh, you know, when you're transporting uh, animals, you cannot, uh, you, you cannot uh, stop somewhere. If, you're, if your equipment breaks down, you have to make sure that those animals have uh, uh, water. And if you have, uh, you, you want to read something very interesting, it's uh, read uh, Dr. Temple Granite. You know, she wrote a very book. She, she does uh, animal uh, husbandry here in the United States, and there's a procedure how you go about taking, uh, killing an animal. So, so uh, that okay. one, you know, we have so many things, exciting things that uh, uh, we need to learn and we, we need to, to be doing, just like you brought up the mushrooms, the transporting of animals, uh, the thing. I think there's an opportunity for that economy to grow like normal. I agree uh, with you. You know, you know. I agree, especially but, uh, members of the diaspora. Roger, we have Roger, a lot of work to do. Yes, Dr. Patrick. Roger, there are um, three aspects to to um, food consumption, specifically meat consumption, in which you're talking about halal. If if you're in a, a an environment where your population is predominantly Muslim, then it would behoove you to sell your food um, in, in terms of halal food, which is what, what one of our brothers in the previous call mentioned. It, it just adheres to um, Islamic law. Uh, halal, halal itself when it's spelled two or three different ways, but it it just translates, it's an Arabic word, and it translates to permissible, meaning that um, you're, you're slaughtering animals such as poultry, um, goats, uh, cattle, and it just involves, as they said, as the brother said earlier, you cut through the jugular vein or the parotid artery and the windpipe, those three areas, and the animals must be alive and healthy. You know, at the time of the slaughter, so that the blood is drained down from the caucus. And it's it's a if you again if you're living in a community that's predominantly Muslim or follow the Islamic faith, then you would behoove yourself to prepare the food that you're going to sell in a halal manner. And it would it would be a good idea to do it in general because you can also sell the same type of meat to uh, non-Muslims. So non so, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 So 
So it, it depends on where you live, and depends uh, definitely on your religion, and all all different type of uh, forms of preparation of of your products has the ancestral roots that has to do with um, the conditions of the environment and and how to make sure, and I underline make sure that the the product that we're speaking of is healthy at the time of the slaughter. Yeah, and Dr. Patrick, you'll be you'll be very proud of uh, of, of of me. Uh, I visited the uncle's uh, farm. There isn't much going on there. I suggested to him probably we start looking either at uh, goats or chickens. But in that process, before he starts, I said to him, why don't we uh, start a, a smoking operation? Uh, so we have started. Uh, I, I, I had uh, something made. Um, uh, at Karingaringa, Nasa knows the place where they manufacture all sorts of things. Uh, mm. they, they manufacture the smoker, which I got from uh, from YouTube. So they manufactured it to pitch to my uncle. We started, uh, that's how I, I knew about this place. We bought a, a pig, I don't know, a, a goat. We bought twice a goat, and we went and smoked it, Dr. Kajira, uh, as we would say in Kaonde. No more than Penge, Munsho. Penge to Penge. Ah, who, who is this? This is not Kelvin. 
This is me. Oh, you you sound very different. You know? Yes. Abandoned this is what happens when you, you know, when you go missing on the radio. Your voice changes. <laughs> yeah, good to have you. Um, so, Dr. Kajira was uh, reporting on our, um, I don't know if it is final, but not the least, as we go to Africa fighting back. Dr. Kajira on his uh, post, I don't know, if it, yeah, it was on his post. He was uh, reporting on our sister uh, from... Um, <laughs> From where, Dr. Kajira? Our sister from uh, Buckingham Palace and uh, Prince Harry, uh, they are moving out. They, should we say they don't want anything to do with the royal um, uh, royal arrangements? Uh, what, what is happening there? What has our sister been going through, which has made her life there probably, um, I don't know, the British people are active, active of history, the history knowledge. Uh, they've been uh-huh. giving us, our sister some uh, racial mm-hmm. attacks, mm-hmm. abuse, and mm-hmm. our British people, the British people are absent of their history. Because if they go mm-hmm. back to King George III in the 1700s, he married a sister. Queen Sophia Charlotte, and North Carolina City is named after her, Charlotte. So you have some black in the family, even way before our sister in in England at this particular time. So uh, instead of attacking her, they need to go back to their ancestral history and really find out that a lot of their kings and queens of mixed race already. The, the way I looked at this, Roger, is that, uh, you see, in the back in the day, I don't know how far back anybody wants to go, it's like, you know, when somebody doesn't have alternatives or they're really like, this is the only thing, she was a successful, she had a successful career before she married, the, what's his name, Harry. So it's like she didn't, it's not like she was stuck and did I a favor by getting married into the royal family. No, she was a successful actor. She's got money. And remember, the other thing is, you see, the way this generation thinks is not the way, the way, you know, the way, what do you call it? The way the older generation used to think. These, these are millennials. And uh, <laughs> they really don't care about your little tradition and the stuff like that. They will do what they have to do. I commend them for doing what they are doing because they're expressing and exhibiting a free thinking mm-hmm. mind. To me, that's yeah. the way I looked at it. Mm-hmm. These are not stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, Someone was was explaining on on, on TV actually how um, the treatment she uh, the the the, the uh, what should we say the the British tabloid uh-huh. uh, what the lady has been going through it's 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 been tough and yeah. it's been very it's been very very tough and it shouldn't come as a surprise uh, that uh, she has. And she's coming from, uh, 
not a very traditional place, uh, Canada, or is it U.S., uh, where she was free? Yeah. You know, where she was uh, very free. So to go into an environment like that, where you are the subject of discussion on a daily, on a daily basis, uh, probably things didn't just uh, w w work out. So we stand with her. It is uh, quite a trying uh, time. Uh, I'm sure Harry uh, now has to choose uh, which way he, he, he goes. Go with the family, uh, his, his family, or uh, remain uh, to, in, in the royals. It is one of those things that they have to, to look at. The royal thing is out old fashioned anyway. Does it even is it even relevant <laughs> in this time? <laughs> and, and you know what? One, and you know what? One point I want to make is, apart from the insult, I think that's a given. You know, the British press are, are known to be very abusive. So I think yes. even the time she married Harry, they they expected some kind of uh, backlash like that. But I think. Um, couple things also. The British think they own you if you are part of the royal family. The tax there because of the five percent or whatever it is that contributed to uh, your welfare as a royal, they feel like they own you. And and Megan I think in a way feels look, um, I don't want to be uh, caught captive by by uh, people trying to determine what my life should be, how I should raise my family, or change who I am, you know. And I think there's a moral issue, there's an ethical issue here, and uh, there's uh, human rights and other issues. But I think my heart out to Harry, because I think more than Megan, Megan, it's easy to just leave and take your Archie and bring him to Canada or the U.S. But for Harry, Harry is missing out, is losing out more. Because for him to choose his family, first, you know, his immediate family over the establishment, speaks a lot to who he is as a person and his experience mm. in life, especially uh, taking a leap from what happened to his mom, uh, Princess mm. Diana. So again, it it, it transcends race here. There's more to it uh, than just a racial issue, but certainly there's a big racial component to it. But uh, I think my heart out to Harry that he can take that step and forfeit his rights or whatever it is and just make his own money. And I think if they team up with the Obamas, the Netflix, they'll be good. <laughs> right. I like that. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I agree 100% uh, with uh, uh, Dr. Kajula. And one of the things I want to do this year is to to be like him when I grow up. But uh, <laughs> the, the 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 issue the issue the issue is I think twofold. One, uh, the the British media is very unforgiving, and especially the mm -hmm. fact that it's the first time uh, in the history of royalty that a black person has entered uh, the palace. You see that mm -hmm. they have not been receptive to this girl from, from the time uh, she started dating Harry. From the way it go, right? yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the second thing is, uh, those people uh, uh, behave like robots. There's so much control over their lives. They don't express themselves. 
You see, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the issue of Diana comes to fore. You see that? I mean, that, that woman wanted to express herself, but because uh, of the environment she was in, she was made to be controlled. You see that? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of Harry and Meghan going forward, Meghan uh, is, is a highly talented individual, right? Uh, Harry, by virtue of, uh, you know, uh, the, the heart uh, the guy has, they're going to succeed outside of the palace environment, you see? And, and to me, this is actually the, the, the breaking down of royalty. Give that thing 20, 25 years. You see that? If, if, if these two kids can do this today, trust me, people are starting to ask the right questions, right? Are we living in times where we don't need this? You see? And, uh, and uh, quite frankly, like Dr. Kazila said, uh, kudos to both of them. We cannot be living a, a life where we're, we're controlled. Uh, we're, we're not robots. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that is, uh, I think we're standing by our, our sister and our, our nephew, Dr. Kajira. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. A nephew and uncle in the Kaonde culture, those are very important <laughs> people for some very reason. <laughs> I'm <really sure>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so let's say if it take a few minutes here, uh, Africa is fighting back. We, we bring back this uh, discussion uh, because uh, of what is uh, brewing. Uh, we hear about electric cars, Dr. Patrick, electric cars. They are being powered by cobalt. Where is that cobalt coming from? Three quarters is coming from Congo, 90% uh, of uh, uh, that uh, cobalt is coming from uh, a, a little bit from Zambia. We are on the top 10 Af- uh, countries uh, who produces uh, cobalt. Uh, but at its end of the day, we are not um, making as much money as the uh, other countries, uh, the, the apples of this world. We, we are not even close. So what do we do? So we look at the first event which has happened this year. That is the eight African nationals. They withdrew cash reserves from France. Um, I don't know if everyone knows about the history. Nathan, I was checking. It is, it is quite sad uh, mm. when you see what was uh, happening. Uh, the French agreement with the former colonies, to this day, Dr. Kajira, I think the, this one also needs to go. Uh, France has the first right to minerals uh, in, those, uh, in the French country. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, in, in other words, before a Chinese can come and have a right to mine, uh, France has to have a say, the, 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 final, the final say to this day. And what used to happen was that when the, the minerals are sold, the, the money used to go straight to the French treasury, the central, central bank. And the, the, the African countries were only allowed to take about 50% of the money. You, you, uh, almost like borrowing nothing. Their own money. They had to plead uh, for their own money from France. We heard from uh, Dr. Rikana uh, this fight when she started this fight. Uh, some, of the ca- some of the countries, when they wanted to fight back, fight uh, France on their own, 
uh, France will make up a coup um, to topple the government. And this is why at one point I used to wonder why there were so many coups in former French colonies. Part of it was, uh, was this. But then here comes um, the Iron Lady, Arikana. Um, ECOWAS uh, is being credited as, as well as a, as a grouping. They stood up together and they spoke in, uh, with, uh, with uh, one, one, one voice. Um, we have uh, a lot of them, uh, a, 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 a lot of agreements like this, a lot of uh, transactions which are happening like this. Our own COPA, we don't have a say in Zambia. We don't have uh, a say of our own COPA. Uh, so could this be the starting of Africa? fighting fighting back we see ghana and ivory coast uh, they've come together to agree on the floor price uh, uh cocoa cannot be sold and no less than 2600 uh, in north america we say 2600 we don't we don't go that far 2600 per ton that is ghana and ivory coast um the major companies they protested they did this shenanigans the two countries stood up and today a farmer is getting about 400 uh, per ton. That is a farmer. Uh, so they're getting more than they, they used to. Uh, the question today we are asking is whether Africa is, uh, is, is fighting back. Um, let me hear about, uh, first and foremost, about uh, this, um, the uh, eight African nations uh, which have withdrawn uh, from France. Uh, what message are we sending here? What is uh, the message, uh, Dr. Patrick? Finally, that we have to withdraw uh, from uh, the French uh, bank to our own bank in, in, in Africa. Anyone? Anyone? I wanted to have yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, go ahead. And so, then I'll come in after. It's an excellent, okay. it's, it's that's, an excellent that's okay. move. One, because um, when, we, when they dig up our resources and you know, gather all the revenue, we have to go to them and borrow money at uh, exorbitant uh, interest rates. So curtailing that and keeping money within Africa, within our countries, will provide more, uh, more money to, to loan like up, uh, you know, uh, businesses uh, within our countries. You see mm -hmm. that? It's about yeah. time that we stopped this colonial mentality. It's even shocking, Roger, that so many decades after, you know, the end of colonialism, uh, those African countries subscribed to such, uh, such agreements. This this is the one thing that uh, you know Robert Mugabe dismantled the Lancaster Agreement uh, on the land when Britain abrogated that agreement. Mugabe had to go that way. I know we've talked about it, but not the way he went about it. There could have been a better way to keep those white farmers. But yeah. the issue of repossessing the land was was just on point. Why? Because we can't keep turning a blind eye to agreements abrogated by them. Because if an African country abrogates an agreement, guess what happens? Look at uh, uh, countries that have failed to pay back loans. What have they been, uh -huh. you know, uh, been through? 
You see that? So mm-hmm. this this should have happened maybe two three decades ago, because yes. it's ridiculous that we have we 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 have our resources in Zambia, for instance, and then Britain has this agreement to say we have uh, you know uh, priority you know over anybody else. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You see, so this is the the dismantling of economic colonialism, which is which yes. still exists. Political colonialism yes. has been long gone, but economic colonialism still exists, and we have to still dismantle exists. that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, before Dr. Patrick comes in, and I'm sure yes. you have a lot of wisdom to to speak to uh, on this topic, but my only caution is. As Africans, sometimes we like uh, knee-jerk reactions, you know. We just act. Yes, there is a wrong we act, but what is our plan? And what have we put in place to ensure that uh, the new uh, dispensation will work in our favor and uh, will curb any corrupt tendencies or, you know, and make sure the the transition from banking in France to banking elsewhere is, is done properly. And I think I, I read someone cautioning that, uh, you know, we there was a reason why African countries stayed with that arrangement for so long. Apart from the assassinations and apart from all that, they, there was some kind of stability that uh, they got or some kind of assurance, some kind of predictability on how things would run when they were in that arrangement. Once it's taken away and they're now single individual countries, how are they going to manage their affairs? And uh, I think uh, that's where the technocrats, the brains uh, that we have in Africa have to kick in. And uh, above all, the brains are there, technocrats are there, but it's the political will and our leaders. And I think that's where my problem is. I see a lot of people always talking about neocolonialism, this, that, the, you know, Zimbabwe case. But, but I, I think a lot of the reason where Africa is where it is is partly to do with ourselves, corruption. Uh, look at Mobutu Sesseko. The guy literally took over the whole country and put the money in his own personal bank account, you know. These are things that have stalled development in our country. And corruption, I think we've said it over and over on this forum, that the moment you play, uh, you treat corruption with kid gloves, then I don't know what kind of development you're going to get. Anyway, so sorry, sorry, Patrick Doc. will so, we'll talk sorry, a little Doc. bit more, more about Doc, sorry, uh, sorry. I, 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 I yeah. agree with you. I agree with you, but... Uh, these uh, uh, lopsided agreements are more corrupt than anything else. If you think about exactly. it, they're just legalized. Uh, these are legalized corrupt uh, activities. Exactly. You see that? And, 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 we, and I, I agree that... Uh, not only Africans, but also the West right. using corruption when dealing right. with Africa. Right. And yet, look Absolutely. at China. China does not tolerate corruption in China. You get killed, you get persecuted. And yet, they and, are and that's what we with our people, you know. Right, and that's yes. what we need to do uh, uh, by starting to dismantle this monopoly. Right, that's what we need to do now. What what kind of internal controls can we institute within our countries to ensure that corruption is reduced? I know yes. you can't get rid of it, 
but it's reduced so that we can start seeing the benefits of these decisions we're making. Exactly. I agree with you, exactly. Doc. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Um, I'm slowly becoming you get coming uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Noah, Noah, you said you, you had uh, something to, to say ab- about this, or oh, I can continue with the, uh, the, the, There is more questions uh, b- based on just uh, this one thing. Yeah, so my, my contribution, of course, on Africa fighting back, I just wanted to highlight a point that uh, may not be so obvious to everybody. Because uh, especially I'm very proud of the, the West African countries because I think those seem to have uh, more muscle than our Sadiq region. Because if you look at the, the works that has been uh, sort of spearheaded by uh, the, our great doctor, uh, I, I always have a hard time pronouncing her Arikana. name. Arikana. Arikana is yeah, yeah, Dr. Arikana, because I think they, these are the... Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that lady, you see, these are the fruits of her hard work. Unfortunately, she was sort of chunked out from her role at the AU. But I think uh, we are seeing what she was. She has been preaching for quite some time. So my contribution was that most people may not be aware that they, they are close to almost 200,000 artifacts, which were stolen by, of course, the colonial masters, Great Britain, France, and Spain, Portugal, and the other countries. So the West African countries are not only uh, withdrawing or putting the French government on notice that they are going to be withdrawing their reserves, but they are also asking for their artifacts which were stolen during the the colonial time frame. So, because for for most of us, we may not know, if you go to the, the French museum, Close to 80% of what they have is African artifacts. And the Africa, the West African government, like I said, they are actually, uh, they've requested the French government and the Belgium government and the English and the other people to retain the artifacts. But the argument has been, it's been a, quite a while. Now those things belong to the French government, so there's no mechanism or system in place. That the French government can, because those are now uh, uh, sort of embedded in the French culture, because they are African gods. So most people may not know that there was a time before Africans had Christianity, because Christianity is a concept of religion which was introduced by the British. So before the British or the Europeans came to Africa, it does not, it does not mean the Africans were not worshipping. They were worshipping, of course, uh, directly, or what is popularly known as spirituality. So they have put the, I mean, the West or notice that they are actually requesting those artifacts. Most of the artifacts, you, some people may not know, you have to be knighted to go into the basement of the British Museum. And in the basement of the British Museum, there are all kinds of artifacts which were stolen from Africa. I don't know how the Sadiq region is... Uh, uh, they are also, I mean, they are doing anything, but I'm very proud of the West African governments because they are uh-huh. at least requesting. So hopefully we'll see something from our static region, but which is uh, more, less likely. I just wanted to, to make that point. Okay, okay. Uh, Brother Noel? Yes, I would, I would just... Okay, go ahead, Dr. Patrick, go ahead. Okay, I would just like to um, add that... In order to make a change, 
we have to have a sound economic banking system. And that's where we fall short of of changing over from one system to another. We are basically, when I say we, all of the continent, are basically entrapped by an economic system that's based on uh, financial systems of the United States, financial banking systems of the U.K., financial banking systems of China, financial banking systems of of um, Russia, to a, to a short degree. But in order to change over, we have to identify a system if we don't have our own strong economic system, banking system. It's, it's, it's important because that's where your credit card accounts go. That's where your savings accounts go. That's where your credit itself goes. That's where your banking um, stocks and, and shares go. So this is very important to have in place and to have planned as to which way we're going to go. If we're going to use dollars, if we're going to use euros, or if we're going to use francs, we must know exactly how we're going to do it and that there is a sound banking system that we're trading from to go into on the other end of this entire uh, financial switch. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Dr. Patrick, uh, go ahead, uh, Brother Noel, uh, and then um, we want to push one or two items there. <clears throat> okay. Just to just to continue on to what Noah has said about the artifacts that are in France and, and other museums, the excuse the French the, the French are using is that it is better for the artifacts to be in, in France because of better safekeeping. They are saying they are better kept here because they will be cleaner and they'll be taken care of here better than they would be in Africa. That's one of the reasons that they're using for having that stuff there. Because when the when the West Africans went and said, We want our stuff back, that's one of the reasons that they came up with. Well, maybe we'll give it back to you, but the reasons we have them now is because we can keep them we can keep them here safer. We have more safer facilities here than you have over there. That's why we have them here. So that's where the back and forth is, is, is because of that. So what the African nations need to do is to develop their own museums, their own safety museums, and say, okay, now we have the facilities that they can take care of our stuff. We have the knowledge and that, 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 that people can handle to take care of our stuff. Now we want our stuff back. The French and the European world will have no other excuse to want to keep those artifacts because we do have those facilities now. So while the fight is going on, let the African countries start to build their own facilities so the European countries have no reason to say, well, we're keeping them better for you because you can't do it yourself. That's an insult. That's an insult. Well, Nathan, um, I, I, I don't want to stay on, on, on the artifacts, which is part of the, the story anyway. It's part of the, the story. <laughs> but uh, what I would like to zero in is what Dr. Kajira at the area on said. Um, uh-huh. There are a few elements, uh, a few people we would like to credit what is happening in West Africa. Of course, the West African countries have been fighting 
uh, but these have been single, uh, single countries. They, they tried to fight Guinea, I think. Uh, some president tried to fight uh, when uh, France was leaving. They poured concrete in the sewer lines. Uh, to me, when I listen to that video from Dr. Ikana, my, my hair moves. Um, <coughs> Dr. Kajira talked about this. The power of, uh, one, the diaspora. I think mm -hmm. Dr. Arikana would, would not have uh, expressed herself the way she does. Uh, she would not have been so forceful the way uh, she is uh, if it was not because of the exposure, Nathan, we are receiving here uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in the diaspora. And uh, what this says to all of us um, who have seen both sides of the world, <coughs> in Africa, Roger. we've been exposed to West Africa. Roger. What does this say about our power? I think we talked about this even last yes. year. What does this yes. say about our power, we the members of the diaspora? You Can see, I first of all, until okay. you, yeah, you see, first of all, you need to recognize that you have that power. And I yes. think we've gotten to that point that we can influence things back home. Because Dr. Rikana hasn't just been speaking from a vacuum. You see, first, the first thing she did is she rallied all of us in the diaspora. Mm -hmm. North, North America, first of all, for that matter, and the Caribbean islands mm -hmm. and all those places. Mm -hmm. She rallied all of us together. Then she gave us a sense of purpose. Then she gave us the mission and the vision and the message. You see, the message is that we need to take care of our own affairs. You mm. see, two, two things. One thing that Dr. Patrick mentioned about the banking system and things like that, going back to, I think Dr. Gazira who said, we need to learn to manage our own affairs and should be trustworthy. Mm. One thing Africa needs to learn is to stop falling in love with everything foreign. Mm. We need to stop that. We need to stop that. We need to stop that, Roger. I don't know how many times I can say we need to stop that. First of all, we need to support. Look, look at, I'll give you an example. I mean, some of us are old enough to remember Meridian Bank, New Capital Bank. You remember those banks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You see, the thing is that I know there are a few banks that have come up now, Carvmont, I don't know which ones are there now. In my opinion, I know some people may not agree with this. I don't even see what business Barclays and Standard Bank are doing in Zambia. I don't. Number two, the reason Stanbic came to Zambia from South Africa was to, to Dr. Patrick's point, was to take care of the South African companies' interests that were going into Zambia. Most of us didn't even look at it that way, Roger. We didn't look no. at it that way. Stanbic went into Zambia to take care of the South African companies. Stanbic, for those who may not know, is a bank from South Africa. Okay? To, to the bank, let's go back to the artifacts. I'm just trying to connect the dots. What is the APMA? You remember that scar we learned about in, is it history or geography? That was found in Zambia. What is it doing in a British museum? It belongs to Zambia. The issue that uh, 
uh, what Noel brought about the argument of the French and the whatever European countries of us not being capable of looking after our own stuff. Give us our stuff back. What we do with it is not <laughs> your business. Okay? Don't tell me I can't take care of my own. Come on, people. I always say this. We always like to look at foreign investors. In my opinion, you know what? One thing we need to do in Zambia, Dr. Kajila, we need to bring mm -hmm. Magande. We need to bring mm -hmm. Sadanis. We need to bring mm -hmm. Mosukoto, a former finance minister. We need to bring mm -hmm. Shenton. We need to bring mm -hmm. those guys, the businessman in Indola, I forget his name. Matani. We, or, or forget the political issues and whatever things have happened around them. The point I'm making here, Roger, is that we have the brains in Zambia. We have the brains in Zambia. Bring all these guys together who have made things happen and tell them as president of Zambia and say, guys, where do we take this nation? I don't care if you're MMD, PF, UPND, whatever. I want a solution to the issues of my country. I think that's what we need to do. I I I I I like that. I I I, I like that. Uh, was it was it wanted to come in? Uh, yeah, it's me. Maya. Yes. Oh, Maya. Yeah. yeah uh, what I wanted to say is, uh, you see, the the banking system has its own uh, okay, go ahead. benefits. You know, mm -hmm. the mistake that we have made in most African countries is that. Our economies are controlled by foreigners. And how do yes. they control the how do they control the economy? The banking system is the basic control of any economy. Mm -hmm. And when we lost all our banks in Zambia, we lost control of how we are going to run the economy. Even if we have Bank of Zambia, Bank of Zambia, nobody goes to bank in Bank of Zambia. Nobody goes to go and borrow from Bank of Zambia. We borrow from this individual bank. And if individual banks, the money is being externalized, then we are doomed. So what has happened is we have failed to localize everything that belongs to us. Look at our economies. I'm trying, I'm enrolled to start my second PhD in economics because of one topic, GDP. We tie GDP, I mean development to GDP. It has nothing to do with development, more especially in countries that have foreign companies that externalize money from the products that we have given them. Mm -hmm. If all the money does not stay in the country, for development, how would we say that GDP is tied to development when the money has gone to Switzerland? That's good. That's a good point. So that's what I'm trying to look at. And we are suffering as a people because we have failed to look at ourselves as people who are capable of handling our affairs. The, the death of Thomas Sankara should have opened uh, our eyes as Africans. Yes. Should have yeah. opened our eyes as Africans. But we forget too quickly. We, we mourn Sankara today. Tomorrow 
we were with the same dictators that were killing our future. And that's what we have done to ourselves. Now, when we talk about West Africa performing better and doing good, West Africa is performing better, not because of the people back home. It's the people in the diaspora. There is nothing that we learn in the diaspora apart from taking out the fears we had on our government. We stop fearing our government. We understand what a government should do to the, for the people. Yeah, that's right. And now, since we're exposed to this kind of life whereby we understand that we uh. can control our government, what are we doing as a diaspora? Because the, the local people, I can tell you, I was speaking to my niece the other day. I was disappointed. I told her I won't send you any money at all. She said, why? I said, you told me you're going to vote for Lungu again. So, Lungu should give it a job for you to be eating. So, Lungu will give you the money. <laughs> yes, to create employment for her. <laughs> those things, those things are basic. That is just the basic civic education to her. That I'm going to sleep hungry if I choose a wrong leader. Mm. Because we are so, you know, some kind of blinded whereby our people back home, they always say one thing. Sorry, Dr. Patrick. I meant to say, what are they going to do if we chose different leaders, as if we are all the same. Dr. Kazila cannot be like Dr. Kalonde. Dr. Kalonde can never be like Roger. It's impossible. But our people, they think just because one has failed, everybody will fail. Mm, mm, mm. So how do we teach that to them? Maybe taking away the economic power from them, in my case, that's what I've studied. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but, but, but I, I, again, we, we, we go, I, I think it was well highlighted, uh, the, 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 the power, the influence we, we, we are holding in the, in the diaspora. We need to find something I think we can hold on. This is going to be my line of attack, and I'm going to stay with this until something happens. <laughs> Okay, I wanted to point out something before I, I bring the, the no, next no. one. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I wanted to say Happy New Year to okay. Dr. Dr. Kalondi. Thank you. <laughs> Your big brother. <laughs> yeah, and by the, <laughs> by the way, Dr. Kalonde, that was powerful. I almost teared just listening to you speak because <laughs> you really did <laughs> everything okay. on the nail. <laughs> And the is, is in the south of the here. south of me here in in Montana. Yes. Who who lives in, in in Montana? Is the only black man there? You know, yes, I, I, I don't know what is, is wrong with him. Um, exactly. So that frustration <laughs> he expressed about you know uh, the people back home being very um, sort of resistant to the idea of change or the idea of giving someone else a chance. It's frustrating to all of us. And uh, you know that it's like pouring water in a a, a bottomless bucket and expecting to carry water away. You've got to 
close the, the, the you know the, close it up so that you get get water. And, and I think we need to look for solutions. One quick point I want to make is again to emphasize: I don't like how we're giving everything to foreigners. The Chinese uh, have a policy. One belt, one road, or whatever it is, and they are executing it to the T. And they're using our leaders, using Africa as their vehicle to get to the end, to what they want to be. At world power, they're already there. But what are we doing for ourselves? One example is the borrowing we're doing. Why couldn't the government say, and I'm not an economist, but just an idea, borrow money, give that money to uh, empower it? A, 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 a local, a local businessmen, people who are proven to have the skills and knowledge to be able to deliver something, lend that money to them. Let, let them go into mining. Why can't we create a Zambian mine? It's private, but at least help facilitate China lending to private individuals who are Zambian, who can come up together and show they have the skills, either in partnerships or whatever it is, and then at least that way we can start mining the cobalt, start processing the gold. What behooves me is every time we are told the discovery of gold in, in the mine, and the government looks clueless on what to do with the gold that mm-hmm. is discovered. It's chaotic, to tell you the truth. I watched President Lungu touring a place where they were mining gold in, in Winilunga and being told stories of people were here last night, their machines are here, but when they ate, you came, they've run away. No, this one says this, no, we have permits for exploration, but not mining. And, and there's so much chaos. And I'm wondering, why is there chaos when these things could be straightforward? You tell me. I don't know the answer to that. Anyway. Well, Dr. Kajira, again, again, Dr. Kajira, it comes down to the members of the diaspora. I reported last week. It takes you two days, Dr. Patrick, in Zambia, to take to get an ID. Two days, eight hours each day to get an ID. How many offices you have to go to just to get one permit? To finish the land deal, how many, how many offices you are going to go into? This is where we're coming, gentlemen. We can focus, regardless of who is in power, we can focus. Mm-hmm. This is one area yeah. I think we need reform. If I go into one office, I should expect to finish all my transactions in that office. That's a chaos, Dr. Akasha, you are talking about. That's a chaos you are talking about. How many offices do you have to go just to buy land in, in Zambia to visit? It takes... Such days, does that make any sense? No. Because they want the because Roger, before they yeah. do anything for you. No. Like Dr. Kazila said, we've discovered I know we've discovered all there's gold somewhere in Zambia. The question you ask yourself is why are you going to let a foreign company mine that gold? Why? I almost pointed out to what Dr. Kajira was uh, saying, why we are allowing um, foreigners uh, to, to take mm-hmm. up uh, just about every investment. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I was saying last week, I don't know if it was Sunday, like a joke, but I'm growing sweet potatoes. I want to start mm-hmm. making stock feed. I'm growing another hectare of, uh, uh, of beans. 
Dr. Kajira, before I think we let these guys, we don't even trust the government and everyone. Every one of us, $100 in Zambia means quite a lot. You can do quite a bit. Uh, no Zambian can spend a thousand kwacha just like that on, on, on something. It, it's not going very far. One thousand is not going very far. But again, people don't have the money to, to do that. But $100 to a lot of us here in diaspora is just about change. Uh, you know, it is money we spend on, on gas. My thinking is we still we should continue pushing ourselves. Time to invest back in, in in Zambia. It may not take you the entire, entire bank. Maybe just a thousand dollars. You will be surprised what you can do in Zambia. One thousand dollars. It will surprise us. If we took that direction, Wakashira, maybe just maybe that would be the starting point for our our even major investments. Let's let's start small. Let's start somewhere. We need to start somewhere, gentlemen. I'm here in Canada, cold country, depressed. Uh, if I count how many things I could do when I'm, I was in Zambia, it's just amazing. The amount of money right. needed, if I compare to what I spent while I'm here, it is uh, mind mm. Let's 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 talk about uh, the gold, right? And and the question of why is it that we're allowing foreign companies to to come and mine uh, gold or mine copper and things like that, right? Uh, some of these minerals require expertise. So how can we develop that expertise and let our people mine these minerals? You see, that, we that's, have the question we, that's the question we, we, we must answer, right? How committed are we to investing in the right machinery, right? Because gold, if you mine it uh, the wrong way, diamonds, if you mine them the wrong way, you, you de- depreciate their value. You see that? So we need to invest in knowledge. We need to identify those that have, you know, business acumen, technical acumen. Uh, We need to commit to, you know, getting the right equipment. We need to establish proper plans with proper processes. You see? All uh, All this culminates into what? Systems. Do we have those systems? You see that? Exactly. That's the major ISO. We don't have any particular system you can point to, right? You talked about getting an ID. It takes uh, 48 hours, okay? To, to register a foreign vehicle, it takes uh, over one week. Those are the things we talk about. Sit down. You have to do an exercise called process mapping. Right? Okay, what is the process to obtain a, 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 a license, for instance? Is it efficient? Is it inefficient? How can we make this, uh, you know, a just in time process? You see that? We can do this thing. It's the commitment. Mm. The biggest problem we have in Zambia and in Africa is that everything rests on the laurels of who? The politician. And the politician yes. we know is going to do things. For expediency to benefit uh, them yes, and not that's where them the problem to benefit is. us. That's uh, where the problem is. You see that? If we <laughs> removed that that hideous political attitude, trust me, and people focused on engaging the, 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 the technocrats and listening to the technocrats 
trust me, would make a great, great achievement in many spheres. Thanks, Roger. Kelvin. We can, Kelvin. We can also, yes. we can also direct. We can also direct our attention to the experts that are already in country. For example, we had a minister that's engaged in real estate. Now, what we can do is we can identify that minister again and mm-hmm. ask for a suggestion as to a contact expert in Zambia that will handle our business. We can pay him or her a, a commission for doing the work, but let them in country do the legwork. We don't have to do the legwork. They can get those licenses as quicker than quick. So let's let's utilize our contacts and our resources in country to get us to where we need to go. Great point, Dr. Patrick. Patrick. Uh, yeah. Roger, yeah, I, I like let, that, Dr. Patrick. Me, uh, yeah. I've written it down let, here as a let, finding, let me go uh, back to uh, right. Roger. Let let me go back to what's Kelvin's point. Kelvin's point goes back to your point of the diaspora. Kelvin is talking about African expertise. Now, mm. let's begin to mention the diaspora mining engineers. Victor Mwaba. You mm. see, the Zambian government would rather have a Chinese engineer mm. than talk to Victor Mwaba. Mm. Okay? But, Our government... Our government would rather have a Chinese engineer than talk to Chisha Munse. You guys saw Chisha talk about the investment and what he experiences when he comes to Zambia, to Africa mm-hmm. at our event. You remember Chisha when he was talking yeah. about yeah. Chisha? He was talking in billions. The guy was talking in billions. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Gajira, Dr. Dr. did you see that freeway in front of the hotel where we were? Why? I did. Amazing. That she, that guy, that guy was a consulting engineer over that freeway. You saw. Wow! 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 You see, the point I'm making here, Dr. Patrick Kelvin, Bakalonde, is that we would rather have a Chinese than 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 bring Chisha, Victor, Charles. I've got a list of Zambian engineers. I can go on mentioning that. We would rather have a foreigner do that than our own. That's our problem. The question let's is not, why? Well, let's not go why? there. What I was thinking was, you see, we have, let me talk about the gold mining in Northwestern province, the gold mining yeah. at Kaway, because we know that it was not only silver that was coming or copper that was coming from the, the mine in Kaway. What we should mm-hmm. know is that we have mining, mining engineering program at the University of Zambia. Those young men and women are capable of doing everything that other people are doing all over the world. I like the that. Only that's thing, what I, that's what the only thing too. that they are lacking. Yeah. They can yeah. even start their own businesses. The only thing that is them is because they are foreign banks that would rather lend to one person from their country to grow their economy yeah, there exactly. Africa exactly. or England than yeah. lending to a Zambian engineer to start mining. Yeah. Like a group of three mine three guys who are ready yeah. to do they can they can do everything that Kelvin was talking about. 
but only that they are not being given the opportunity because of the banking system. We are lacking funding because our governments, even those that are stealing, they are not keeping the money in our banks. You see? They are taking the money outside. If you can start a local bank in Zambia and have the money localized, lend it out to the Zambians, that will be the start of real development in Africa. Yeah, I, see. I agree with what has been said so far. Yeah, but we do have the, the Development Bank of Zambia. Yeah. Oh no, Africa Development Bank has money. But DBZ, Development Bank of Zambia, <laughs> there is no money there. Go ahead, Noah. <laughs> we are yeah. about to wind up. Yeah, I just, yeah, these are great points. I just wanted to point out like I like I mentioned last week, I think corruption is one of the, uh, the this animal that doesn't seem to leave us as a people. Because when you look at in 2014, there were a group of people that I personally knew and know. They proposed a, it's sort of a system that is implemented most like in the Western countries. You are speeding, you are caught, and then you are issued a ticket, and you pay. That would have been a beautiful system. Of course, we are talking about the diaspora getting involved and coming up with systems that are more efficient. But the system was sort of thrown outside or thrown away, not that it was an effective system. They threw it away because it was sort of like shooting themselves in the foot. Because once you implement and accept that system coming from the diaspora, then you are tying your hands essentially in the back. So it's an issue of corruption, not necessarily that the diaspora is not coming up with effective I mean, systems or programs. Some of the programs are already known by the government but once they are implemented, it simply means they are tying their hands and that's not what they want. So they tend to refuse some of these things. So I just wanted to make sure that at least you know they are refusing some of these things because it ties them, not necessarily that it's a lack of input from the diaspora. And also the other thing is, of course, we have our Zambia National Commercial Bank. Just like the, the Chinese influx in Zambia is, I don't know, the percentages now, I think we have quite a few in Zambia, they actually have their own Chinese bank. Just like the South African companies, when they are coming to Zambia, they came with a stambic. So I think it speaks to education on our people on the ground to utilize most of these yeah. um, banks like Zanaco so that at least our money is kept within Zambia. And one last point, what makes the Jewish community a very... Uh, uh, popular or hated group is not that they they outthink everybody. It's just that they look out for one another. If there's a businessman who is sort of like, I mean, a beautician in the, in, in the community, all their people, they go there. If there's a, a business, uh, a, a restaurant, they will go to their own people and they live among their own people so that the money that is generated within the community, it's spent within that community by so doing, it, they have at least enough money to sort of have that economic punch. But when you look at ourselves in Zambia or here in the diaspora, we do not want that. I'll connect everything by saying, in the words of Jesus Christ, the Ten Commandments are simply summed up into two. Love yourself 
and your neighbor. Because when you love your fellow human being, you are less yeah. likely to be even corrupt. You are less likely to think of these schemes yeah. of how you're going to hate them, how you're going to get back at them. It's just lack of love when you have people who do not want to associate with their own fellow people. That's a recipe that is a, for an ingredient for let, let's confusion. Let's short, uh, uh, Noah. Yeah. Oh, thank said, you. I'll end there. Yeah, I was joking. I was telling people, I'm going to create a church, and my church, we are going to throw away all the Bibles, <laughs> no Bible, no nothing. The only thing which is going to be there is love your neighbor as you love yourself, period. If we have that, there is no October 18th, people praying, and then they leave that place, they go and hate one another. In Lusaka, when you, uh, when you, are, when you are driving, uh, Kelvin, you, you are in Lusaka roads. There's no love in, in those. Everyone wants to go first. And there are jams ev ev everywhere. It didn't make any, any sense. Well, w w what we have got here, Dr. Patrick, is that um, probably we need uh, to find, uh, I don't know if there are ministers. I know we don't have so confidence in our current government, but you probably will find one or two min ministers we could partner with. Um, see if we can try to tackle uh, one system at a, at a time. Maybe lands, maybe registration. We, we, we don't know. Um, Kelvin has mentioned uh, uh, mapping uh, uh, some of these uh, uh, systems. W what is happening? Uh, like, like I mentioned, to get an ID, I had to go to about five windows. Here I go and pay. Here I give this uh, my name. Here I oh, it was horrible. Uh, so we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that. Uh, Dr. K, we are going to look at uh, C. Uh, you, ma you made a good point here. We've had how many graduates since our independence, engineering graduates, and today we still can't uh, manage to, to dig whatever. So again, <laughs> we are going to look at some of the lectures. Bring them on radio and say, Bane, what are we doing wrong? Where are these students going to, engineering students from the University of Zambia? Why can't we mine? Uh, uh, again, Dr. Kalonde has mentioned the, the, banking, the, the banking thing. Um, again, mm -hmm. the, the member of diaspora, we live in countries where capital is cheap. Uh, these things uh, are open. They are, they are global. Uh, we, may, we, we may just come in. In our country, there is no money. I can tell you that right now. We can have our banks, but they have no money. Uh, so where do we go? We start talking to uh, uh, people outside where, where we are. These are people we drink coffee with if we, if we know it. Um, we, we, we haven't addressed ECOWAS, the role they have played into this, and why our own SADC is not doing anything. Uh, so we may have to find time uh, to, to analyze that point. But thank you uh, for your help uh, today looking at uh, this uh, question. I hope you have been uh, encouraged uh, to stand up as a member of diaspora. Forget about those people who tell you, oh, you diaspora, you talk too much. Yes, we talk oh. too much because we see what, what can be done. So have a good weekend, everyone. I remain with my uh, Okotoks here, nice and cold. I'm uh, <laughs> going to drink my tea with my, my wife. So have a good weekend, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Go Raven. Oh, no, 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 This is a Jerry Singer production. Oh, no, 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 no. If you're the number one, I'm a 
lumevo Mekuwa lange chite mwiko namba wanu Nangu ni pawantuma mito Sapozoni na tuma wanu Wako ni wako Musunge mushe ni wako Mulaleshe mumento ya kwe umwivu Kishenepo wa mushe mwaka Mbe, mutitemu yeko jesipa, nivika moe 